The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Uh, we want to talk about our sponsor here uh, briefly. Thank you so much for their sponsorship. It is Relief Factor, a, uh, a company that has changed my life. Thank you, Relief Factor. Um, if you have a hard time sleeping, if you have a hard time moving, you have a hard time playing with the kids, you want your life back. Um, my son asked me the other day, can we go bowling, Dad? I was like, oh, God, no, please. Not bowling. You mean the sport where you take like three uh, steps and swing your arm? Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I, I, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, not, not, not. Unless you run a triathlon, right? Yeah, right. not good. Right. So, anyway, so anyway, if you want your life back to be able to just move the way you used to, try Relief Factor. 100% drug-free, created by doctors, four key ingredients that help fight the body's inflammation, which causes most of the pain. Try it for three weeks. It's so worth it. 70% of the people who try it order it again month after month after month. I do. It works. ReliefFactor.com. Go there now. ReliefFactor.com. Glenn Beck. Okay. Um, there's something that the... Uh, there's a new tactic being employed by the left, and it, it, it came out this weekend uh, or this week, and if it doesn't backfire, uh, may I use the president's word, bigly, then I think we're in serious trouble. And when I say we, I don't mean the GOP. I don't mean conservatives. I don't even mean we as a country. I think, I think we as a species are screwed. First, it was a commercial ran uh, by Planned Parenthood. And it used a precious looking little baby in a lullaby. And then these words, she deserves to be loved. She deserves to be wanted. She deserves to be a choice. Wait, wait, wait. What? Am I the only one that's not dead inside? (laughs) How evil do you have to be to see this beautiful child, to hear a lullaby, see this cooing little baby, and, and then try to think that this baby could have been killed and it would have been a good thing? I, I mean, it's just, really, it's crazy. You know, if you were struggling... This baby deserves to be loved unless it was inconvenient for mom. And then mom should have killed it. Oh, my gosh. Now, this was just the first crazy ad. The second crazy ad, I don't even know what it's about. I had to ask around, what the hell is this? Celine Dion, everybody's personal favorite. Uh, Celine Dion has just launched a new clothing line. You know, that's just what I've been waiting for. I mean, I've been I've been hearing the clamoring all around the streets of America going, could we just get a clothing line from Celine Dion? Well, yes, yes. She now, she's launched her, her clothing line with a little mini movie style commercial. But I have to warn you, it, it's one of the creepiest things you'll hear. Well, I was going to say all year, but we're still three, four weeks away. We might hit something even more creepy. By the end of the year. Listen to this. Our children, as we are all just links in a never-ending chain that is life. For us, they are everything. But in reality, we are only a fraction of their universe. Yes. Mom and Dad. miss the past. They dream of tomorrow. Oh, that's great. We may thrust them forward into the future. Yeah. But the course will 
always be theirs to choose. Of course. Now they're they're wrapped in pink and blue blankets, but she's about to uh, uh, blow out of her hand some sort of magical. Uh, well, it kind of looks like ashes, uh, and and it floats around the room of this nursery in a hospital, and uh, all the blue and uh, pink goes away. It all goes away. Oh, isn't that great? Uh, and then everybody's wearing black and white because our children aren't really ours. Yes, they're the focus of our lives, but we're just an insignificant little nothing to them. Uh, Celine, it doesn't make me want to buy your baby clothes. Uh, in fact, it makes me want to do the opposite. Uh, really does. Really does. Um, this is Marxist propaganda. Now our children are not our children. And this has been coming for a long time. Now, Celine loves this because, isn't she Canadian? Canada has been on this, this whole thing of, oh, you know, your children, you know, they're your children until we tell you they're not your children. Because really they belong to all of us. You know, the great we. Oh my gosh. By the way, uh, does anybody know what um, 1984, they, they claim that George Orwell may have stolen this idea of 1984. 1984 is big government. It controls everybody. Everybody has a number and, and a name and, and, and big brothers watching you. But it's actually, um, and now that I've read the book, I think you could make a pretty strong case that it was stolen from a Russian novel in 1922. You know what the name of that in the Russian novel is? We, we have you read Anthem by Ayn Rand, where nobody can say I or me. Each individual is we because the individual doesn't exist. You're not an individual. You're part of the collective. You're just a spoke on a giant wheel. That's all you are. And, you know, if if we start to run down to too many spokes or, you know, not enough spokes, you're not really even a spoke. Because you have to be identical to everybody else, and you're just part of the collective. This, again, is Marxist propaganda. And Celine Dion is shown in this little mini-movie, breaking into the hospital nursery, where she delivers the line, They have the right to choose. Oh, really? Which turns the hospital into some Orwellian, you know, black and white room, removes all of the pink and blue, and changes all the boy-girl, sim- you know, uh, symbolism uh, into, like, hospital crosses that are just black. Honestly, it looks like they're almost wearing prison clothes. It's beautiful. No, I seriously, I love my kids so much where, where they just, everything is black and white in their world. You know, gray. Oh, if we could get them those Nehru jackets, if we could get them the old communist, you know, uh, like Mao jacket for the kids, wouldn't that be cute? The scariest thing about the past seven days or so is I haven't heard any real backlash from either of these. Have you seen a backlash where a beautiful baby is 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 used as a choice? It deserves to be loved, deserves to be wanted, and deserves to be a choice. Mom should be able to kill this beautiful baby. Are we dead inside? Are are we so... Are are we so... 
Marxist now. Has the, has the cultural Marxist movement washed over us so much that we're now either just dead inside from all of it? Because we just, I don't know. It's just. Or are we starting to believe it? How long are we going to allow this crap? How long before we all start standing up and saying, no, our children are our children that that's my child my child my child is an individual my child is not a number for the state not part of the collective it's my child i have the responsibility no government no marxist no capitalist has any claim to them and gender You know, I really feel, I really do feel for Bruce Jenner. I, I, I will call Bruce Jenner, Caitlin, out of respect. I, can't, I feel for him. I feel for the life that he led. I feel, my heart breaks to think the guy that was on my Wheaties box... At the whole time, felt like he wasn't himself. He spent his whole life hiding. That is horrible. It's just horrible. But he's still Bruce Jenner. He's still a guy. He might have changed his name, and if he wants me to call him Caitlin, I'll call you Caitlin. Because I don't want I, I don't want to be a part of any of your pain. But if you have to put me on the stand and say, is that a male or a female? That's a male. It's a male, period. It's Bruce Jenner. And I can understand, but I am not going to change reality. Now, if Bruce Jenner wants to become Caitlyn Jenner and wants to have surgery and everything else, he's an adult. He can do that. He can do that. You have a right to do that. But it is child abuse. Child abuse to, to suggest that a 10-year-old should be giving hormones. That a 10-year-old should be allowed to choose at that point. This is crazy talk. Any attempt to trivialize and to diminish life, any attempt to trivialize or diminish the family, any attempt to trivialize or diminish the individual into the basic we, any attempt to trivialize or dismiss basic science should be met head on. Now, I don't know how many people can stand Still stomach hearing my heart will go on one more friggin time. But please, for the sake of sanity. Celine, I'll buy a ticket to your show. I'll endure that if you will just close your mouth. Stop trying to preach Marxist propaganda. And we'll listen to your Damn, oh my gosh, the boat is sinking song.
It's Friday, November 16th. You're listening to the Glenbeck Program. She has a right to speak out. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. And you know what? I'm not going to protest her show saying, you know, she doesn't have a right to say anything. Could we play from yesterday? I just want to play those those students again from uh, out front of the Ben Shapiro speech. These these are college students. Here's what we should not do to Celine Dion. Do you think you should speak tonight or no? No, no, not at all. What about free speech and the Constitution? How does it work? That's a good point, but he shouldn't be allowed to have free speech if he's going to preach the kinds of things that he Okay, stop for the second. Stop right there. Stop right there. So wait a minute. Um, You shouldn't have free speech if you're going to preach the things that he's preaching. Okay. Well, then there is no free speech. There is no free speech. Free speech is all about politics. It is all about life. It is all about pushing the boundaries of ideas. That's what freedom of speech is. That's why we have it protected. What do you think the founders did that? Because they were speaking against the government and there were only 20%. It was about 20 to 25% of the American population that believed we should break away from the king. 25%. So this wasn't the majority thought. In fact, a lot of Americans thought they were very, very dangerous. Oh my gosh, they're going to get us all killed. But they continued to do it. And the king wanted to silence them. And they said, no, we are not subjects. We are people. That was heretical. That, that was something that, that's, that's a completely new idea. Now you want to silence people? No, freedom of speech is absolute. I'm sorry. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, I can prove this to you because while on tour, uh, I went into crowded movie theaters and shouted fire. In every stop in every city, I was on stage. Fire! Was I arrested still? No, but that did really happen. Yes. Uh- you can, in a crowded movie theater, cry fire. There is no law against that unless your intent is to cause panic, to cause chaos, to, uh, to, uh, to lie, to cause people to be trampled to death. If you really think there is a fire, you can do it. Or if you're trying to make a point, you can cry fire. You can't do it if you're trying to get people trampled to death. So, no, the freedom of speech, um, as long as you're not trying to get people killed. And even that is questionable. Because you could say that's what the founders were preaching. The founders were preaching people getting killed. Yes, they were talking about war. So let me pick up the rest of it, because this is the most important part that uh, we heard in the, from these college students being interviewed about why Ben Shapiro should not be heard. 
Specifically, what does he say? I don't, I don't know what he said specifically. Okay. Do you Generally, know what quotes or anything? I don't know what he said specifically. I just don't agree with his platform. Okay, stop. Okay, so so what 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 is what is Ben Shapiro's platform? What is it? They don't even know. Now here is the here's the really hopeful part. I talk to millennials. I meet with millennials. The millennials that I know, the, the millennials that I work with, they are hungry. They're hungry. They're starving. And what here's what they're starving for. They're starving not for somebody to tell them what to think and what to say. Here, just chant this back. Mic check, mic check. Just follow me. They can get that any, anywhere and everywhere. Every teacher they've ever had has told them what to think. Society tells them what to say, what's popular, what's not popular, where to stand at all times. Get in a single file, get in a single file. Hey, by the way, we are all individuals here. We're all, we're for freedom, absolute freedom. We're not like those fascists. Get in the single file, get in a single file. Repeat this. Like I said, we're not about fascism here. We're fighting. Get in line. At some level, millennials know that doesn't make sense. Now, they may not have even thought of it that way because they're not encouraged to think. But the minute you engage a millennial and you start asking them questions, and not questions to trap them, just questions, honest questions, to hear their point of view and to continue to pull at that thread it doesn't last long because all they've been told is get in line they're starving for someone to help them understand the world they're starving for someone to teach them how to question and how to find the answers They've got enough people trying to tell them what the answers are. They don't have anybody trying to teach them how to find the answers on their own. I reread a book last night that, that uh, I want to share with you when we come back. Our sponsor this half hour is My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is. Do you have Do you have food storage too? You do, don't yeah, you? Yeah, from My Patriot Supply. Um, you and you were not a guy who was on that bandwagon for a long time. Oh no, it was one of my favorite things to make fun of you about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was it that got you? What was it that made you say, "I think I need to do this"? These two little humans have been walking around my house a lot, uh, uh, and uh, when you realize you have kids, and you think, "Hey, one of these things is not just you know you that could be screwed," or I mean, my wife can probably figure it out. Uh, but honestly, like, you know, you have kids. You actually feel like maybe you're a responsible adult at this point. And you yeah. should probably prepare for things. So it's, it's a great relief uh, when you as a dad have prepared and you have that. You can check that box and say, no matter what happens, I die tomorrow. And uh, the family has no money coming in. My kids are going to be okay for a while. My family's going to be okay. I can't tell you what a relief that is when you actually realize that. Uh, but we're not talking about you dying or, you know, even fires or earthquakes or hurricanes. Although those things seem to be happening an awful lot. 
My Patriot Supply is there. They can give you now uh, their two most popular emergency food kits on their website, preparewithglenn.com. You're going to get a special price. Food kits include breakfast, lunches, and dinners that last up to 25 years. Prepare now. You see this uh, this snowstorm in New York last yeah, night? I mean, yeah. there were people just stuck for hours and hours and hours, and there's nothing open. They couldn't get out. I mean, it, even then, it's a it's a great it's a great thing to have. Preparewithglenn.com. Go there now. Preparewithglenn.com. So we are just a few days away from gathering with our families and uh, thinking, uh, I've got to get into the kitchen before I stab this person with a fork. Uh, how many times you get up and say, you know, I got to get something. Anybody want anything to drink? Anybody want anything to drink? Uh, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's what's been happening with our holidays. And we're having a hard time talking to each other. I want to share the way you can, you can actually make a positive uh, impact with your family this holiday. Uh, and it is, it's so simple and so brilliant um it, that it you know it obviously didn't come from me <laughs> so so you can trust it uh, <laughs> but uh, we'll do that next welcome to the uh program so yesterday this uh this guy uh, this kid in uh, junior high calls me up and he says glenn i'm having a really hard time educating my friends because they don't really want to hear it and i can i can be i don't remember the word he used exactly um but it was basically i i can i can get heated at times belligerent uh, yeah a little belligerent was mm-hmm. that the word that he used i don't remember but yeah. that's yeah it was it it's was that, in that neighborhood it was probably yeah. not that strong but it was in that neighborhood and so he asked for advice and the thing that came mm-hmm. off right off the top of my head was uh you need to read how to Win Friends and Influence People. Now, I haven't read this probably since I was a teenager. This is my dad. My dad was, oh, I mean, How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's the greatest book ever written. That'll change your life. Blah, 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 blah. Last night, I reread it, and it was like having a conversation with my dad. And I realized where so much of what I believe comes from. I mean, if you really want to know who I am, <laughs> or the co- or, or the 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 basis of of me a cornerstone of me it, it's this book and it's amazing it is amazing i had forgotten how good it was you're going to uh have dinner welcome to the program pat gray uh you're going to have dinner with your relatives who are absolutely the, the on the wrong side of every argument here's how you Here's how you have a really good Thanksgiving. I'm just going to I'm going to give you the highlights. Um, fundamental ten- techniques in handling people. Number one, don't criticize, condemn or complain. Human nature does not like to admit fault. When people are criticized or humiliated, they rarely respond well Two, give honest and sincere appreciation Appreciation is one of the most powerful tools in the world. People will rarely work at their maximum potential under criticism. Three, arouse in, other, in the other person an eager want. To get what we want from another person, we must forget our own perspective and begin to see things from other people's perspectives. Six ways to make people like you more. Be genuinely interested in other people. 
Two, smile. This is something my father did. If, I, if he told me that story one more time. My father was, uh, he, he, look, he was, he was horribly abused as a kid, and he, he had nothing to go on. So he just looked for great ideas. He, um, he was kind of a Willie Loman kind of guy, where he just didn't have a lot of friends, and he just worked all the time. But he, his friends, I found out later in life, were people like this, Norman Vincent Peale, that were just his book friends. And, and he would take these ideas and he would apply them. And he told me, he said, son, he said, I want you to do this. He said, I did this when I was like 18. I walked down the streets of Seattle. And he said, I, I walked down one side of the sidewalk, uh, one side of the street, and I uh, frowned at everybody. And I just kind of looked at them and just kind of dismissed them. And he said, everybody I met was a grump. He said that I crossed the street after a few blocks and I decided to smile. And everyone I met on the other side of the street greeted me with happiness. He said, so either there's a problem, you're on the wrong side of the street, or it's what you're putting out. This is Norman Vincent Peale again. Smile. Uh, remember that a person. Remember a person's name. Oh, that's a really hard one. Be a good listener. Encourage people to talk about themselves. Talk in terms of other people's interest. Blah 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 blah. Okay, now listen to this. If you apply these at Thanksgiving, you are going to find a completely different atmosphere. Listen to these twelve ways to win people to your thinking. One. The only way to get the best of an argument is to avoid it. Whenever we argue with someone, no matter if we win or lose the argument, we all still lose. The other person will either feel humiliated or strengthened and will only seek to bolster their own uh, position. We must avoid arguments whenever we can. Two, show respect for other people's opinions. Never say you're wrong. How many times have we said that? How many times have I said that? We must never tell people flat out that they are wrong. It will only serve to offend them and insult their pride. No one likes to be humiliated. We must not be so blunt. That's the word that kid used. Blunt. blunt. Yeah. Right. Three. <laughs> yep. Three. If you're wrong, admit it quickly and emphatically. Whenever we're wrong, we should immediately admit it. Uh, four. Begin in a friendly way. If we begin our actions, uh, interactions with others in a friendly way, people will be more receptive. Five, start with questions to which the other person will always answer yes. That is, that's the theory of, in my book, about the unum. What, where do we agree? Where do we agree? Find the things that we agree on. Start there. Let the other person do a great deal of talking. Number seven, let the other person feel the idea is his or hers. Try to see things from the other person's point of view. Other people may often be wrong, but we cannot condemn them. We must seek to understand them. Success in dealing with people requires a sympathetic grasp on the other person's viewpoint. Uh, nine, be sympathetic with the other person's ideas and desires. People are hungering for sympathy. They want us to recognize all that they desire and feel. If we can sympathize with others, they will appreciate our side as well, and it will often come around to our way of thinking. Now, think of that. When people say, I don't want to know what they're thinking. I don't want to because it's wrong. 
Well, no, you, no, no, no. You're looking at the solution. Listen to what they're feeling. <laughs> what they're feeling is real. Their solution may be bogus, but what they're feeling and think about you. Where is a lot of this anger coming from? This anger is coming from the place where we don't feel heard. If the media would actually listen to us, actually listen to us, our world would be a lot different. If they reflected our point of view and if they would look at us and say, well, that's not racist. Wait a minute. You have to understand what these people are feeling is a loss of the country that they grew up in a loss of the values that they grew up in. And those were values that have been here for 5,000 years. They're not racist or xenophobic. They're having all of the basic principles shift under their feet. Wouldn't you be more apt to listen to somebody who understood you? Dramatize your ideas. Throw down a challenge. The thing that most motivates people is the game. Everyone desires to excel and prove their worth. If we want someone to do something, we must give them a challenge, and they will oftentimes rise to meet it. But be a leader. Don't give offense or arouse resentment. Begin with praise and honest appreciation. Call attention to, uh, call attention to people's mistakes indirectly. No one likes to make mistakes, and no one likes to have others pointed out in front of other people. Talk about your own mistakes before criticizing the others. Ask a question instead of giving the direct order. Let Listen to this one. Let the person save faith. face. Nothing diminishes the dignity of man quite like an insult to his pride. How many times have we said, for those people who, uh, let's take on our own side. For those people who have been with Donald Trump the whole time, what are you doing? What are you doing? When you have people that are come, like, for instance, me or anybody else, when you have people start to come into the tent, why would you say, well, it's about time you were so stupid. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Welcome them. If you have somebody from the other side, well, you've been wrong your whole life. You know, it's part of your problem that we have these problems. They're not. They, they, stop. They're coming into the tent. Embrace them. Hug them. Oh, man, we're glad you're here. You see this with uh, the Clinton thing right now is one that I struggle with because, you know. Oh, I know. Where were where was the media? Where was the left during all of these years where Bill Clinton was the same horrible person he is today? Now, finally, after Hillary's lost a couple times and the family's going, you know, see this, but this set out to pasture. It's OK. But this is, I think, where we miss the boat. Because we immediately jump to the media and the politicians. They're not honest. Yeah, no, it's true. That's not who I'm talking about. Forgive the media for what they're doing? No, let's point out when they're right. Let's point out when they're wrong. And let's welcome them when they're right. You know, if that ever happens. Uh, but <laughs> it's not. we're not talking about them. I'm talking about the people at your table next week. I'm talking about the neighbors. I'm talking about the people that you work with. This is about one-on-one. This is not about changing the media this is or or Washington. This is about changing the people around you. Yeah, because we do basically the opposite of everything you just described in the from the book. 
right now. We're we're doing the opposite of all of it. Everybody does. Uh-huh. Both sides. Uh-huh. One side's worse than the other. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I, I think because I definitely handle issues on this show differently than I would handle them with you friends I was them. trying to convince. No, oh, okay, I, I, okay. Like if friends I was at, trying to convince, you know, because uh, you know, because we do this for a living. Yeah. When you go out to dinner with anyone, they basically ask you lots of political questions because mm-hmm. you know that's what you do. You talk mm-hmm. about the other person's work, and if the person I'm talking to is not on the same side of the issue mm-hmm. as me i tell I'm, them how stupid they are i tell them how Obviously. dumb they are yeah. <laughs> Morons. Right. no what's wrong with you <laughs> why are you such a dumbass i am not reaching for the check when it comes <laughs> right. you try you do almost all the things you uh-huh. just listed and yes. i would do i do those all the time you, yes. you, you want yeah. to if you're trying to convince them or at least trying to make them open their mind to the possibility that maybe they're not right yes you use those things now when we're on the show i don't do that now a and lot i of that think is, that's the problem i don't know if it's a problem or not i'm, I'm conflicted with it because part of it is we're talking to an audience large largely that uh understands the basic foundations of what we're talking about right like like this audience generally speaking is going to know that higher taxes are bad Mm -hmm. right so i don't need to i don't need to slow play that and 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 no but try to convince them of that no but but here's where we don't do why was rush limbaugh so popular in the 90s because he taught you how to win an argument Mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm. and he had to ta- he had to teach you he wasn't talking about how to finesse it he was just teaching you the basic principles yes. that we now you say we all have mm-hmm. that this audience understands basics you know the basic principles mm-hmm. okay but what we didn't do that was back in the 90s and that worked because nobody had any of the facts we needed to have that baseline and we still need to teach people baseline stuff mm-hmm. but now you know around 2000 that was over people people were condemning rush limbaugh and if you said it came from rush limbaugh well you roll your eyes now it's fox anything comes oh. from fox they roll your eyes you used to say you didn't want to put your own names on your books you didn't, yes, want, to put your, you didn't want to put glenn back on the book because it was just right people wouldn't take it seriously if they were on correct the correct so what we need to do is start teaching people and you can here's lesson number one read this book how to win friends and influence people Read it because it has all of the answers on how we can move forward and actually make a difference, not just politically, but also at the Thanksgiving table next week. One thing you don't want to do is just start calling people morons. By the way, Pat, what's the moron trivia score today? <laughs> it was uh, thirteen ten Indianapolis over Tennessee. Ah, yeah, the morons in Indiana, Indianapolis beat the morons in Tennessee. So <laughs> wow. congratulations! Any spectacular so. morons today? Uh, yeah, some pretty good ones. Okay, good. We'll hear about those on Monday. Thank yep. you, Pat Gray, for joining us. Uh, Pat Gray uh, and uh, Pat Gray Unleashed is a podcast that I listen to every day, and you should too. All right, Simply Safe Home Security. They've been uh, they've been securing about two million homes now uh, for quite some time. Uh, they are the fastest growing security company out there. Two million homes and businesses across the country, uh, and the reason why they're growing so fast is because the the system I think is the best in the business, especially at the price point. 
you're going to when you see the price of this system, you're going to be wait a minute, wait a minute. I think I've been ripped off my entire life. Uh, uh, you know, spoiler alert: you have. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the monitoring, which doesn't come with a contract, you can just, it's month by month, just cancel at any time. Uh, it's $14.99 a month. Now, if you order now, if you go to simplysafebeck.com right now and you look at their system, you're going to get 25% off your system. 25% off. I don't think they've ever done this before. This offer ends Monday, November 26th. It's simplysafebeck.com. Welcome to the program. I'm uh, glad that you've tuned in today. Bill O'Reilly is coming up in uh, just a second. We also have um, uh, we also have something really, really, really cool in in our number three. Uh, some stories, uh, some actual people that have have no reason to come together, and they would have been enemies had conflict not happened around them. And they came together and were on the same side. And at the end of the battle, they were like, wait a minute. I was here against you. And the other was like, I was here against you. And yet they were on the same side. It's amazing. It's an amazing story we uh, we have to share. Also, uh, we are going to be uh, calling uh, somebody else. We, you know, yesterday we pulled, uh, I don't, I don't know, 1,400 names. Uh, from people who we were trying to say, hey, come on down to Dallas and have dinner with us on Saturday uh, for the M1 gala. And uh, n- uh, nobody could. Uh, uh, all had stuff to do. All had stuff to do. Well, one was Hawaii. But I think the other one was a... Oh. It might have been, mo- been a movie. I'm not really sure. It was one movie. Uh, there was one person who said they had to rake their leaves. Yeah. Uh, which was- Somebody was clipping their toenails, which I thought, okay, this is getting ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. anyway. Anyway, we have a winner. We're gonna we're gonna talk to her. I really want you to. I really want you to meet her, uh, and uh, I think you'll. I think you will appreciate her. But I. I also I- implore you to go to mercuryone.org. This is our annual fundraiser, uh, and we would ask that you would go to mercuryone.org. See the auction that we're holding, including the only copy of the Gettysburg Address. For sale at auction Glenn this weekend. Beck. Check it out, mercuryone.org. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to tell you about something that you should either end your day with or um, start your morning with, and that is the news and why it matters. If you like this show, you're going to love the news and why it matters. It's a bunch of us that all get together at the end of the day and just talk about the stories that matter to you and your life. The news and why it matters. Look for it now wherever you download your favorite podcast. All right. Let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It is Relief Factor. Yeah, this is we've seen a huge change in Glenn over the years because of Relief Factor. Uh, which is good for me, too. It'll help change the lives of people around the person in pain because the person in pain is less annoying. Uh, I don't think that's, this is that's the, the way. slogan of Relief Factor. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a new one. I came you'll, up with you'll it. be able to tolerate the people who are in pain. <laughs> okay, that you know, is so always, empathetic of you. It, thank you very yes, much. Yeah. Uh, you, you struggle with this uh, you know, a for lot. a long time. Yeah, uh, and uh, I was at the end of my rope about a year ago, and my wife said, just try it. Just try it. Everybody at the at work is trying it, and I'm like, ah, it's not going to work. Um, it did. I took it for three weeks. I saw an enormous change, and I haven't stopped taking it since. And that's about what 70% of the people who try it for three weeks, that's about 70% of them do exactly what I did. Oh, my gosh. It works. So take it. Relief Factor. 
try it for three weeks. If it doesn't work, you know, you're out 20 bucks in three weeks. If it does work, you get your life back. Relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Glenn Beck. Mr. Bill O'Reilly. It has been uh, a pretty hectic week, but I don't know the last week that we went. Nah, really nothing happened. Uh, and I think we should start with uh, your op-ed today, uh, the Trump media war. Okay, Beck, I'm ready to go. Good, then g- go. <laughs> the Trump media war uh, is, I would say, depressing uh, to Americans who are thinking people. Um, because it basically signals that there's not going to be any unity in this country while President Trump is holding the office, mm-hmm. because neither side is going to back down. All right. But then I, uh, I took a letter out of my historical collection by Harry Truman, which makes the column really worth reading. And I say this is nothing new. Um, and Truman just excoriates the media and gives examples about how it was so unfair to Abraham Lincoln and George Washington and other presidents. So it really isn't new. What is new is the machines, the tweets, uh, the hysteria on cable news. All of that is new. But, you know, it seeps into the culture, and it makes us a, uh, a more disagreeable population, Beck. So let me, let, let me go back, because, the, you know, the first paragraph of, of your, um, your op-ed, which is honestly the only paragraph I read, um, <laughs> Mr. Preparation was, was uh, <laughs> was, uh, about, was about Jim Acosta. Yeah. So, so let me, let me, let me go here because you're, you're absolutely right on uh, this has always been this way. It's just everywhere now and it's yeah. in our own personal life and we are participating in sharing it now. So it's everywhere. Um, uh, but let me specifically go to Jim Acosta because I'm really I, I'm 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 sick of this uh, debate here. I think and correct me. Tell me where I'm wrong here. I think the president taking away Jim Acosta's um, uh, pass, White House pass, is justified in this case because Jim Acosta needs somebody should be CNN to say, Jim, there are rules. And you can ask a follow-up question. It used to always be, sir, I have one question and I'd like a follow-up. Yes, go ahead. Then the follow-up. He would not stop asking questions. The president answered. He really tried to answer to the best of his ability and peacefully and nice, nicely. Jim Acosta really didn't even ask a question. He was just trying to condemn the He was picking a fight with the president. Um, CNN should have said, Jim, Stop it. We don't behave that way. And I don't care how the president behaves. We're not going to behave that way. So the, the, the question is, is this a freedom of speech issue or freedom of, of, of the press issue? I don't think it is. No, it's a quality control issue. Uh, on BillOReilly.com, that's where the column that you uh, refuse to read. And, in fact, you're wealthy enough to have people read it to you. Oh, I can't I mean, pay you, people you, enough. You I can't pay people enough to... people to follow no. you and read it. Oh, they can't, um, they can't do yeah. it. They're like, please... So the column's on BillOReilly.com, and yesterday <laughs> we uh, brought in a guy, a lawyer, a former prosecutor, who uh, went down line by line over CNN's complaint and pointed out at least a dozen inaccuracies in the complaint to the federal judge. They were flat out wrong and provable wrong. You could see it with your own eyes. 
And I said, well, will that influence the judge that CNN is not telling the truth about Jim Acosta and the, uh, what happened in the uh, White House briefing room? Will that? And he said, well, it shouldn't influence the judge's ruling on the constitutional request, but it'll tee off the judge because the judge will see that CNN is lying, which they clearly were in the complaint. So that tells you that CNN has no interest. Give me, the, give me the give me the lies because I I miss that uh, okay. and that you, sounds well, like yeah, the first segment. That's why BillOReilly.com every night. I know it sounds like the first it's segment me. in three years that I've been interested in. Uh, oh come on, <laughs> you're just so jealous. Oh, he's such a jealous guy. He you is, know? Bill. I agree with well, you. Rub some of that painkiller on your forehead right now, will you? Jeez. Okay, um, go ahead. Okay. Uh-huh. So basically, CNN alleges in its complaint to the federal judge that Acosta simply asked a question. That's, that's lie number one. Yes. Not what he did. All right. He harangued mm-hmm. the president and yes. insinuated that he was lying mm-hmm. when he labeled the caravan an invasion. Correct. That's not a question. Mm-mm. It's an insinuation and a harangue. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows it. Nobody's going to say it isn't. Even the people at CNN wouldn't say it isn't. No, that's yet the management puts that in writing to a federal judge. Come on, it's ridiculous. So your question was: Shouldn't CNN try to rein in uh, its chief White House correspondent from disrupting a national press conference? And the and the answer is: CNN wants the disruption. It's the only way they're going to get in the news their ratings are horrible um and and so and their business model is to destroy the trump presidency so of course they're going to say hey jim you know go on and cnn's not banned from the white house they have correspondents that cover the uh, presidential press conference just not acosta because he will not obey the rules of decorum <laughs> well here's the here's a let me play devil's advocate and i don't i do not think this is what's going on but we have to protect i don't want a you know i wouldn't want uh you know fox news to have uh, who was it major garrett was really good at holding obama's feet to the fire uh jake tapper when he was i think with abc he was really good at holding they, they were the only two that did and I don't well, I mean, want the pre- do hang it. on, hang on, hype down for a second, man. So um, <laughs> for I don't want the president to be able to say, I don't like the fact that he asked me tough questions. What I want is they have to be respectful. And those guys were they were always respectful of the president and the office. That's not what's happening with Jim Acosta. If he were asking questions tough questions he would have every right to do it and i would celebrate and i would stand behind his right to ask the toughest questions but that's not what he's doing but it's obvious it's not what he's doing and the white house denying him the press pass was not based on editorial content it was based on behavior he was misbehaving in there in their opinion, in the White House opinion. So now the judge has to make that determination. Has to say, was it the uh, banishment of Acosta based on his behavior, or was it an editorial statement? And I think it's clear, clear. Now, I mean, that it was behavior. Bill, so you, we'll you, see if the, if the judge, who is a Trump appointee, comes back today and gives CNN relief. All CNN is asking for today is a restraining order against banning um, Acosta, not the whole 
decision. But what the judge will say is yes or no. Um, you have to give him the uh, pass back. Which why did he Why did he ask for an extra day? I don't know. I I, I believe that uh, this is obviously the judge's big moment mm-hmm. in the spotlight, and he wants to probably go over his decision, uh, every word of it, because he knows he's going to get hammered either way. Yeah. Whatever his decision is, the judge is going to get hammered. So he needs wants to go over a little more time and just get the wording correct. That's speculation, but that's what I would surmise. Bill, separate from the actual court proceedings, because you said something, and I think I totally agree with it, which is CNN wants the disruption. This is the way they're making news. You know, Jim Acosta doesn't care about the truth. Jim Acosta wants to be a star. He he wants to make him, he wants to put himself and elevate himself to the level of a fight with the president of the United States. My question is, just strategically from the Trump administration standpoint, doesn't this elevate him and put him on this platform where it's Trump versus Acosta, and it's giving Acosta everything he wants to be a martyr for the First Amendment. Well, Trump sees it differently in the sense that Trump wants to build a wall, not only to keep out migrants on the southern border, but against criticism from the national press. And part of the wall is convincing Americans that the press will never report accurately on him. Mm-hmm. And look at this uh, guy. Look at him. So it, Trump, the Trump administration believes that Acosta's aggression helps them by diminishing mm-hmm. the press in general. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I'll tell you what, if you look at the surveys about Americans and how they feel about the American media, they're down there uh, in the 30s now. They don't trust them. They don't like them. So this, it could be something to that. So that's why Trump is doing it. uh, Why did Fox take the stand with CNN? Well, that's an excellent question, Beck. Of course it is. It came from me. (laughs) I know. A guy who doesn't read the research material before he interviews. Oh, you know I read every word of that damn thing. I had to take no dose to get through it. (laughs) I know, Beck. Um this is a uh, evaluation on the Glenn Beck radio program based upon my knowledge of what is happening at FNC. Okay. Uh, regime change. That happened when Roger Ailes left the company. Mm-hmm. Now the new people are not um, at, of the same mindset of Mr. Ailes. All right. That's number one. So there has been a change, a shift. And the shift has basically been we have to become more mainstream, not more liberal, all right, but more mainstream. We have a powerful brand. Um, we uh, have a loyal audience. And now we have to get closer to the other national media. That's what we want to do. That is the strategy. That okay? won't work. Okay. Well, maybe not. Well, I mean, what is mainstream? What is, did, what is why they did what they did? Right, but what what does mainstream mean? Uh, we want to be closer they to the mainstream. They want to be mean. in the club. They'll never be in the club. Well, we celebrated when you and I were there. We celebrated the fact that we were not in the club. Correct. We enjoyed the maverick status. Yes, which propelled Fox News to the top of the news ratings. Right. That attitude, like. We don't care about the corrupt media because we know they're not telling the truth. And we're happy we're not in that club. That has changed. The day we that, the, the day that Fox the News fires their entire primetime lineup and to replace it with Shep Smith 
is the day they would consider consider uh, allowing Fox News into the club for about two days. Well, that's true. I mean, Fox News is so demonized by the far left that no matter what it does. Yeah. But Fox News does not want to be criticized by the Washington Post and the New York Times and CNN. So they said, okay, well, we'll throw in with the freedom of free, uh, peace, uh, freedom of press movement, mm. and we'll uh, file an amicus brief, and uh, maybe that'll uh, send a signal that we want to be friends. We want to be friends mm. with you guys. Okay, so Bill O'Reilly, when we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit about the uh, yes. border and what is happening. Uh, and something I, I actually heard today driving in on, uh, I don't remember what it was, it, some liberal podcast uh, that I was listening to driving in, and they said, uh, you'll notice that uh, the, the left is, or the right is not even talking about the border. They don't even care about the border. They've dropped that. No, no, no. We're talking about it. We're very concerned about it. In fact, I'm wondering what the president is going to be doing about this now. So we go to the, the caravan and Mexico and how Mexico has provided police escorts to our border. When Bill O'Reilly comes back. By the way, Bill O'Reilly, new book, Killing the SS. I tell him I haven't read it, but I've read every word of it and it's fantastic. It is a great book, Killing the SS. All right. Uh, our sponsor this half hour is X Chair. X Chair is a great, great office chair. X Chair is, you know, so many of us, we, we sit in these chairs that are really uncomfortable. And when we're when, you know, if you're in charge of buying the office furniture, you know, you're just looking at the price of everything and you're just like, OK, I'll just take, you know, X number of these. It, we have to consider uh, more than just the price. Uh, we, we have to consider also people are spending more time in their chair than they do usually in bed. Uh, and the chairs can get really uncomfortable. Now, you don't have to go out and spend a whole bunch of money, a buttload of money on a great chair. It, the X chair is here, and it makes the perfect gift for um, a hardworking employee or a spouse. And also, if you're looking for office chairs, this is a great, great office chair. It's one that you kind of sit in and you're like, yeah, this I deserve this chair. Uh, and it is not crazy expensive by any cha- by any stretch. Don't. Go out to Staples and buy another chair. If you need a good office chair, X chair, X chair. Now they're uh, they're offering two new colors for the holidays, red and white. Oh my gosh, what does the red and white mean? What does that mean? We have to come up with something that, that, that people can be pissed at about the red and white thing. X chair also has its own version called the X flex top, the sit and stand desk. So you can check that out as well at xchairbeck.com. Xchair. On sale now, $100 off. Just go to xchairbeck.com. That's the letter X, chair, Beck, B-E-C-K, dot com, or call 844-4X-CHAIR. Comes with a 30-day, no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. Go to xchairbeck.com. That's xchairbeck.com. Use the promo code BECK, and you also get a free footrest. xchairbeck.com. Mr. Bill O'Reilly. I am here. Thank you. I was just doing a roll call. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Bill, you know, I enjoy our talks. I hope so, Beck. I mean, you know, I mean, you learn, you learn and you cannot uh, do it. 
He cannot do it. He can't. He is incapable of saying, you know, me too. Me too. Well, I wouldn't do it if I didn't like it. Uh, Okay, so, Bill, talk to me a little bit about uh, the border and what's happening. Well, first of all, uh, you know, we were told that it was mostly um, women and babies and children marching to the border. Remember mm-hmm. we were told that? Yes. And, okay. and then we were told that they're never even going to make it to the border. Right. So now the latest picture is uh, from San Diego sector, uh, where it seems that most of the migrants are going, have um, baby carriages on top of the, uh, <laughs> on top of the wall. Did no. you see that? No, <laughs> I didn't. I, it's I weird. I'm seeing it. like 20-year-old uh, yeah guys it's weird oh, oh yeah. I, I thought i saw a baby carriage right no. uh-uh. on top of that 10 foot wall yeah no and then going what me in <laughs> okay so number one americans should know that all of the reporting on this situation has been a giant lie and a ruse so what has happened is that this organization, uh, Pueblos in Frontieras, received a grant of anywhere from 10 to $20 million, all right, organized these uh, people in Honduras and other countries to come here. Where did, where, where did the grant of $20 million come it from? It came from the usual suspects, the far-left crews that fund all of the open border stuff. In Hungary, a law was passed against George Soros, Specifically, the law says anyone giving money to aid illegal immigration into Hungary will be charged with a felony. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. That, I that did. passed the parliament in Hungary. That is a law. They call it the anti-Soros law. Uh, unless you're on the left and they call it the anti-Semitic law. Yeah, I, you know, but it's, it's I know, mostly... I know. I know. Mostly, okay. So anyway, the, the goal is to break, to break the asylum system in America, to, to crash it. That's why you're seeing record numbers of families coming across the border and being mm. detained. They're being told, the migrants in Central America and in migrants, if you get here with your children, you get in. And that's largely true, as there is a three-year backlog to hear asylum cases, soon to be four years, if any of these thousands of people get in and, and ask for asylum. So that is the strategy. People should know the overall strategy of this. It's to break the system apart so that anybody could come here and ask for asylum and their case won't be held, heard for six years. Meantime, they're released into America. And there is another thing going on. I don't know if anybody picked this up. In the trial of El Chapo, currently underway here in New York, uh, he is the cartel kingpin. There are allegations being made that the president of Mexico, Nieto, was being paid by El Chapo. What oh, a shock. Yeah, not right? a shock at all. All right, El Chapo, not only a drug dealer, but a people smuggler. Okay, so now we have that. And now the new president, coming into power in about three weeks, has said, I'm going to legalize all drugs in, in Mexico. I'm going to make them legal. Oh, that'll be good. That'll be good for America. Um, so that's another reason, and Trump hasn't picked up on this, which is amazing to me, because that's another big argument for the wall. So you're going to have legalized narcotics, not pot, legalized poppy fields, heroin labs, everything. And you don't want a wall? Okay. All right. We're going to pick it up there with Bill O'Reilly, because honestly, 
that kind of takes the Al Capone out of the booze business. But I want to hear Bill's opinion on that when we Glenn, come back. Back, Mercury. I've been sleeping on my Casper mattress for a while, and I would pick it over any mattress that I have ever had. In fact, I, I did pick it. Um, I, I bought it, sent it to my house. I tried it for, I think, five days. I actually was honest, which I don't know if everybody appreciates this, but uh, I said, I'm not sure I like it. Well, it took me a few more days before I really started to have my body settle down. I love this bed. It is Casper. It's a no-brainer. All you have to do is just order it and try it for 100 nights. If you don't have the experience that I have, they come and pick it up and they refund every single dime. So put Casper to the test in your home. The only way to test a mattress is by sleeping on it night after night, risk-free, for 100 nights. Casper.com slash Glenn and use the promo code G-L-E-N-N. That'll get you $50 towards the purchase of your brand new mattress at Casper.com slash Glenn, promo code Glenn. Get $50 off the purchase of select mattresses at Casper.com slash Glenn. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Bill, some news just broke um, that uh, the judge has sided with CNN. On, yeah, I see it. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts? Well, you're so lucky to have me here. I know I am. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the uh, White House appeals. Um, because basically the judge is saying, and this is Timothy J. Kelly, um, you can be rude, you can be disruptive, and he says it. All right? You can do whatever you want. And not lose your credentials. That doesn't make any so, sense. So, okay. That doesn't um, make any sense. Yeah. Well, certainly he will be overturned, I think, uh, by the Supreme Court. And, uh, you know, if, if they appeal it to the liberal uh, appeals court in D.C., they'll lose. But um, if they want to bring it to the Supreme Court, they'd win. Um, no doubt in my mind they win. But the other way to handle it is say, all right, uh, Acasa, you know, here's your press pass back and never mention him again. Never recognize him, never call on him. Just freeze him. So He's what do you do then? Do then if he disrupts the press conference, if he like says, I want my question, you haven't called on me or whatever, then you can say, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you soon and walk off the stage. He won't do you that. Know, you could do that. You could, you could do the passive aggressive thing uh, and just ice him. Or you could try for the big, uh, you know, kahuna and have the Supreme Court say, no, uh, the government does have a right on its own property to regulate uh, disruptive behavior, you not know, editorial Bill, behavior. There's, there's nobody in their right mind. You cannot run a society. There, there is no civilization without being civil. That's right, without rules. Right. So, um, I mean, there's, there's, this doesn't make any sense at all. You remember, cannot though, just the, act any way you want. The Trump administration, the first thing you have to do is, is make some rules and distribute the rules. They don't have those now. Okay? That's a problem. But again, if they did, then they'd, they'd sue on that. Oh, you mean, they're limiting our access to the president, limiting what we can do, what we can't do. Bad ruling. Um, what are you going to do? This is our uh, democracy. This is the way we do it. Okay. So but, uh, the Trump administration has a couple of avenues to go if they want them. Let me let me go back to the border. You say that the uh, the new incoming president of Mexico says he's going to uh, legalize all drugs. Um, doesn't this take the Al Capone no, uh, out of heck. the? <laughs> no, 
this all this does is cut the overhead for the cartels so they don't have to bribe as many Mexicans and hire as many gunmen to shoot at the police and the army. Wait, but you don't have to shoot at the police if it's legal. I know. That's so it cuts their overhead. So they don't have to spend that. All right. And it only goes, oh, thanks. Where do they make their money back? Not Guadalajara, not Mexico City. They make their money in Chicago, New York, L.A., and all American cities. Mm-hmm. So it just makes it easier for them to bundle up their product so, and send it El Norte. So this, this is the best thing that could, could possibly happen to the cartels. So what does that mean for uh, America and our it means policy? We'll have twice as many hard drugs. No, here no, no I mean our now. policies. Our policies. Well, for instance, I am. I'm. I'm done with Mexico. When they when they escorted those oh, buses. Uh, they right. escorted the buses with federales to our border. That's not well, what a partner that they're does. They're doing that to protect the migrants oh, from shush. You know, people who would beat them up and rape them. Right. Look, I've right. been done with Mexico for a long time. And uh, I did go down there in the spring to Baja, um, and I did some reporting down there about how they were handling their uh, military and dispersing them to fight the cartels. That's all gone. But now the argument for a border wall becomes even stronger um, when you say, okay, so now we have a free fire zone in Mexico. They can do all, anything they want in hard drugs, so we've got to make it harder for them to get it into America. No. And the, they still, the liberals still wouldn't put the wall because eventually they want legalized hard drugs here. You know, it's interesting. I'm watching, um, switching back on the TV, Fox News is ignoring the... <laughs> The I know they are. they're ignoring it, and and CNN's doing doing a, having a limbo party. Limbo lower now. <laughs> this is so funny. Um, you know how how this whole media thing is now based on uh, Trump. Everything, a hundred percent of it, is Trump. They don't have anything else. They're going to have to run uh, Andy Griffith reruns if Trump, you know, takes a vacation for two weeks. It's, it's they don't have anything. Um, so, go B- ahead, Bill. Let me uh, let me change uh, subjects here. Sure. Uh, you know, I I do a uh, I run a charity as you run yours, uh, and this weekend we're having an uh, an auction to uh, raise funds. And I just wanted to bring a couple of things to your attention because I know you you collect uh, you know rare uh, rare writings. Um, we are. Uh, We've formed a partnership with the Lincoln Museum in um, in uh, uh, Illinois, and they're the ones who have the original Gettysburg Address. And Mm -hmm. as you may know, there's only Abraham Lincoln made a copy of it, uh, and there are no other copies. This uh, we have asked them and shockingly, they said yes, if they would make a a high-res uh, certified copy off of the original. Uh, so it's the only copy of the handwritten Gettysburg Address that we know of uh, that, uh, uh, that, is, that is, you know, up for auction uh, and in existence. And I just, I just wanted to bring it to your attention that, uh, you know, the, the bidding. Are they going to make a lot of copies or, or just one? No, this is it. This is it. Are they going to make one high res? Uh... This is it. I'm I'm holding it right now. This is the only copy wow. that they have ever made, and they will make. I, I might bid on that deck. So can you I know? can I put you down for a number? Uh... Well, what do you have now? Three million dollars. That's what you have. <laughs> no. I, the bidding. I don't even know. Do we have a bid on this yet? 
Yeah, but he's gonna. I gotta gotta nail him down to a price now. What 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 kind of what do you know the number? Fifteen thousand is the is the opening bid there, Bill. You should triple yeah, that at least, I, huh? All right, I'll go. I'll go. Uh, I'll go twenty. You go twenty thousand. Yep, from Mister Bill O'Reilly. Wow, wow, nice work, Bill. What a guy. What a guy. I am. I am a swell guy. You really are. You're a great guy, and you've just bought uh, something that Glenn wrote down with a pencil (laughs) a half hour before the show started. (laughs) I'll frame it and put it in my garage. (laughs) Next to a picture of Beck. Bill (laughs) O'Reilly. Picture of Beck forging this, by the way. If you do, I'd like to have that. (laughs) Uh, All right, Bill. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. All right. Happy Thanksgiving to uh, all you guys. And. Check out Killing the SS. Great gift for anybody who likes history for uh, Hanukkah, Christmas, and all of that. It is a great book. Thank you so much, Bill. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Cheers. Um, I want to show, uh, if you happen to be watching us, I want to show you something else that is up for auction tomorrow. It is directly behind Stu. Can we get a camera on that by any chance? Um, It is directly behind Stu. This is, I think this is one of my favorite pieces that we have in our museum collection. This, again, is a high-resolution copy. Uh, but this is the first draft of the Declaration of Independence. And this is truly remarkable um, because you can see uh, Ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, and John Adams. They all signed where they changed things. They were making a, it's like it's like a um, it's like a, a Google Doc where you, where you change things and then you have to say who changed it and why and when. Uh, and then, then you're, you, that Thomas Jefferson would go back and click on the change if he approved it. Uh, and it is remarkable because it, it has on the third page, Thomas Jefferson, his handwriting changes. He capitalizes the word men. The only words that are capitalized in the Declaration of Independence are United States of America. And in this copy the word men and it's not all men are created equal it's when he's talking about the slave trade and how this christian king is enslaving people and then selling capital letters men and how he is violating the 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 most basic of rights of men from a different continent by bringing them over on this hemisphere it's truly a remarkable piece this is taken from the original engraving uh, from, I think it was done in 1820 or 1830. Uh, and it, it, this also is, is opening up. I think, I think this one has a starting bid of like 2000 or $2,500. I mean, the frame is worth more than that. Um, but it is, it's exceptional. It's just exceptional. So if you would uh, like to bid on that or any of the other things that we have up for auction, you can go now and look at what we have up for auction, including, you know, you're spending the day with uh, with uh, David Barton and you're going to our vault, our document vault with wall builders. Uh, and I mean, you'll see things you've never seen before. Uh, there's up for auction uh, a day with me uh, where we can do anything from uh, learn to paint because I'm taking painting classes uh, to uh uh, just going through our vaults up here, too, as well. I mean, didn't we already go through this? Uh, you, you tried to give away a day with you, and people kept rejecting it. I know. 
I don't, I don't I know, think I don't I think, just, I I don't think an auction yeah. is going to be a successful. No, I, uh, well, you know, you know, you know it's, I'm just saying maybe. I mean, do you think about just bidding, bidding on it yourself bidding, to spare the embarrassment? Is there bid, something bidding does start at ten dollars on that one? I'm, oh, okay. I'm just. Yeah, uh, I mean, you might just saying. There's also a Chuck Norris, uh, a tribute Henry Rifle to him. Uh, and uh, a, ch- a chance to go to his uh, gala. You have a VIP gala experience with with Chuck Norris and be able to go um, uh, down there and and spend the day with him or the evening with him. It's it's really amazing. One of the things I really like is learn how to shoot or sharpen your skills with Navy SEALs Dave Lopez and Ephraim Matos. Now these two guys are unbelievable Navy SEALs. Can you imagine going to the range with two Navy SEALs who are going to spend the day teaching you how to shoot? Oh, my gosh. That's really cool. I mean, I've, I've done it with Marcus Luttrell. Marcus Luttrell could change the way I shot in about three minutes. He's like, go shoot. And I shot. And he's like, okay, dummy, here you go. Uh, <laughs> this is how you actually do it. This is how you yeah. do it. First of all, uh, you got the gun pointing in the wrong direction. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, these guys can, I mean, they are pros at this obviously and they will change the way you shoot anyway all of these things make great christmas gifts and all of the proceeds go to help mercury one do the things that we do uh which is be there for natural disasters and and disasters here in the united states and to help free slaves all around the world so if you would like to go to mercuryone.org. Also, if you just have a hundred bucks and you'd like to donate it, may I suggest you donate it, but buy, but buy a raffle ticket because today, if you uh, buy a raffle ticket tomorrow, you could drive away in a brand new Mercedes. Uh, and so you're doing good and you might win a brand new car and we'll call you on that. Um, so mercuryone.org slash M one ball. Let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's American financing. If you're having uh, financial problems, uh, you might be solicited by a credit repair service to settle your debts for less. But if that happens, uh, that goes against your your credit score and you're paying all kinds of fees to the settlement company and taxes on the debt you write off, et cetera, et cetera. There is a better way, and that is a consolidation loan. When you have consolidation loans, you you move everything that you owe into a loan that that pays everybody off and then you have a lower payment so you can get all of this behind you it actually helps your credit score because you're paying off all of your debt your credit's not going to take a hit and because you're now making a payment that you can afford your credit score actually goes up because you're making loan payments and you're staying on time and not getting behind get started today on debt consolidation it's American financing. If you own your own home and you have any equity in it at all, you may be qualified for this. It'll take you 10 minutes and it could save you 500 to to $1,000 a month. That's $12,000 a year. Call American Financing at 800-906-2440. That's 800-906-2440. Get out from behind the eight ball. Do it now. AmericanFinancing.net. AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Are you dreading that awkward Thanksgiving dinner conversation that inevitably turns to politics? Hey, Susan, could you pass the brown gravy, please? I don't know, Ted. Can it cross your wall of bread without being turned back? Oh, here we go. Don't get trapped. 
Get prepared by reading Glenn Beck's new book, Addicted to Outrage. And you might want to pick up a couple of extra copies for your less enlightened family members. You know immigrants built this country. Oh, I'm going to vomit. Addicted to Outrage, the new book from Glenn Beck. Available everywhere books are sold. So Michael Little is uh, joining us. He is actually who happened to be here uh, for the um, uh, for the uh, event tomorrow for Mercury One. He's the COO of the Lincoln Museum and Library up in Illinois, which is this amazing museum uh, that has preserved everything from Abraham Lincoln or as much as they could get their hands on. And I just got a twenty thousand dollar bid from from Bill O'Reilly. That's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Now he asked, "Is this the only copy that you guys have made and will make?" Yes, so this is the only copy that we've ever made, and I can um, guarantee this will be the only copy that we'll make. So, so, so this is the original Gettysburg Address. Yeah, we don't know where it is. Right? Yeah, the original Gettysburg Address was given to a, a, a reporter, um, apparently from New York City, right after the speech, and that reporter, the story is, didn't think that the speech would be worth much, and just kind of threw it away. Oh my gosh. So So. that's the one he wrote on the way there. Correct. And he was walking off the stage and just handed it to him? And and he just handed it to him. Oh, my gosh. Um, And then uh, this one uh, is your copy that only is allowed to see the light of day for three days a year to keep it uh, vibrant. And uh, this was the one Abraham Lincoln wrote for the guy who gave the two-hour speech? (laughs) Yeah. So so Everett, who was the main speaker that day that got up and— gave about a two-and-a-half-hour speech um, shortly after this event, asked President Lincoln if he would write him a copy of the Gettysburg Address. And this is the only one that has God, under God, in it. Correct. So this is a remarkable thing. At least see it online. Um, it goes up for auction tomorrow, and all of the proceeds uh, go to uh, uh, Mercury One. And I think we're actually we're actually helping you guys uh, on, on this as well, because you, you're helping us. I think... Uh, the Lincoln Museum and Library up in Illinois is so critical uh, to continue their work. Help. MercuryOne.org slash M1 Ball. Mercury. Glenn Beck. A few months ago, I, uh, I had a guy walk into my office with his team. And uh, he said... We're really concerned about the country, and we're concerned about uh, the fact that we're not talking to each other anymore. And I said, wow, me too. He said, I know, that's why we're here. Now, this is uh, uh, a guy who probably uh, had had people advising him, I know, I wouldn't go talk to Glenn Beck. I don't know that, but uh, that would be my general uh, impression it, he he took uh, uh, he took some probably some personal hits uh, saying that he was going to go talk to Glenn Beck um, and he asked me at the time could you help uh, get your audience to participate in something because without your audience this won't work without the people who are in the middle of America uh, and uh, who are not thinking like the, you know, NPR listener, if you will, if they don't participate, it, it, this doesn't, this doesn't work. And, and what they were trying to do is a 
record the voices of people and how people feel right now and what they're really thinking. But more importantly, they're trying to bring people together that um, society would say have nothing in common, but they find their way to each other and to record it. If you've ever listened to NPR, you've, you might have heard something called StoryCorps, which is really a fantastic uh, a record of our society, an audio record of our society. And really only the people who listen to NPR kind of know it. The conservatives don't. And it is tremendous. But our voices are being left out. Dave Issey is uh, with us. He's the founder and president of StoryCorps. Welcome to the program, Dave. Hey, Glenn. Thanks for having me. You bet. So now, did I... Um, did I describe did I describe what you're doing and 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 how you approach this uh, accurately? Yeah, I mean, just just to to wind back for your audience, uh, StoryCorps uh, started 15 years ago, and it's a real simple idea. We put a booth uh, just to start out in Grand Central Terminal, where you bring anyone you want to honor by listening to their story, a parent, a friend, a kid, and you come to this booth and you're met by a facilitator who works from store, for StoryCorps and you go inside the booth, the door shuts, you're in a you know a silent space, lights are low, and you sit across from your grandmother and you talk to her for 40 minutes. And you know that the microphone gives you the license to talk about things you never usually get to talk about. So many people think of it as if I had 40 minutes left to live, what would I say to this person who means so much to me? At the end of the 40 minutes, you get a copy and another stays with us and it goes to the Library of Congress. So your great, 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 great grandkids can get to know your grandmother through her voice and story. Um, so it's really about the the poetry and the grace and the beauty and the eloquence and the stories kind of hiding in plain sight all around us when we take the time to listen. It started as this kind of crazy idea and we've now had about half a million people participate. So it's the largest collection of human voices ever gathered. And because of the nature of what happens in the booth, we're kind of just collecting the wisdom of humanity it's about you know you know it, no matter where you are it's always the great themes of human existence that that come out in story Corps. people talk about their parents and their kids and um uh you know death and and what they dream of for their future how they want to be remembered and, and, and we did go, yeah, go, go ahead i was just to say and when you're recording it and you know this is for history you take things a little more seriously yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think it's it's uh, my my uh, my people kind of hate me saying this, but it, it reminds us about our, of our mortality. You know, it really kind of shakes you on the shoulder and say, and and says like the, you know, life is important. Ignore some of the not all the nonsense that's coming in. You know, and and it forces you to focus on what really matters to you. So it's a very kind of intense experience. We're we're a nonprofit, and we think of it as. You know, uh, we treat it as if it's a sacred experience in people's lives. And often it is because, you know, like I, I did a story core interview with my dad many years ago and then he died, you know, very suddenly. And, uh, you know, the night that he died, I listened to it for the first time. And uh, I knew I'm, I have uh, young kids and, and I knew this was going to be the, the way they were going to get to know my dad. And, you know, I, I thought I couldn't believe in StoryCorps any more deeply than, than I already did. But that night is, you know, when the rubber really hits the road. It's it's who he is. The, you know, you know this very well from all the radio work you've done. The soul is kind of contained in the voice. So it's a no nonsense. It's the opposite of reality TV. Yeah. No one comes to get rich. No one comes to get famous. It's just about love, you know. Um, and, and as you said, we, we, I came to you a bunch of months ago, one of my very first meetings to talk about this new thing, crazy new thing we're trying, um, with StoryCorps. Cause up to now, everybody who's participated has known and loved each other. 
and you know seeing the country kind of coming apart and recognizing you know that 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 really there's just such contempt across the political divides that we don't see each other as as human beings anymore and the danger the existential threat that poses to the country we started experimenting with a new kind of story core interview we started with family members which is easier family members who disagree about politics having them come into a story core booth not to argue about politics this is not about finding common ground it's about recognizing that um you know frankly that you don't really wish people across the political divides dead yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? it's weird to and, say uh, that isn't it it's I weird know, to it's have crazy to say that. it's crazy yeah. but but you know unfortunately you know i came i first met you four months ago and where are we now it's a hundred times worse than it was I four know. months ago right so um so we started with um with fret with uh, family members and friends and then we moved to strangers we just launched a couple of weeks ago let and me, the let idea could, 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 I, could i play could i play one here tell me the sure. story about amina and joseph this is, sure. comes from the, they were at a, a march right after the 2016 election. That's right. This is this is a guy named Joseph Widenecht, who's a, a, a laid off a sheet metal worker. Um, and he showed up at an anti-Trump protest in Austin with a, with a MAGA hat. Um, and Amina Amdin uh, was a student at the University of Texas, uh, and she was one of the marchers that day. He, he uh, and also- they came... He also had a sign or a T-shirt or something that said proud to be a deplorable. That's right. Right. That's right. And they came to StoryCorps to remember uh, the moment that brought them together. Okay. So listen to this, America. Listen. I noticed you with the hat. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that you were surrounded by some people. And I noticed that they were being kind of threatening. I heard a click of a lighter right behind my ear. And there were about three people trying to light my shirt on fire with lighters. And then somebody snatched your hat off your head. And that's the point where I something kind of snapped inside me because <laughs> I wear a, um, a Muslim hijab and I've been in situations where people have tried to snatch it off my head. Wow. And I rushed towards you and I just started screaming, leave him alone, give me that back. I don't think we could be any further apart as people. And yet it was just kind of like this common, that's not okay moment. That's remarkable, Dave. Remarkable. Because that's, I think, who America really is. But nobody's paying attention to it. Nobody's recording this. Well, you know, the facilitators who travel the country for StoryCorps and record these stories, they call it, you know, they're basically collecting the wisdom of humanity. They call it kind of bearing witness to these stories. When they come off the road, every single one of them, if you ask them, what have you learned? We've had hundreds of them. They give uh, some version of that Anne Frank line, you know, that people are basically good. And, you know, I think you could say at the beginning of StoryCorps, maybe there was a selection bias, but we've been everywhere, every kind of person, half a million people. And that that's that's the truth. I mean, I was in your newscast. I was listening to the story of the um, uh, the the homeless, the supposedly homeless guy, yeah, the two yeah, people yeah. who did this scam. Right. Right. But, and, and, yeah. Yeah, and that's that's like the reality TV world we live in. But for every story like that, there's a thousand thousand stories of just decency and kindness and honesty. And that that is who we are as as a country. You know, Mother Teresa used to say, you know, we've forgotten that we belong to each other. And what we're trying to do with StoryCorps is remind people that indeed that indeed we do. Okay, so Dave, what could what do how can we help you? 
Well, we want we want every one of your listeners to participate in One Small Step. We just launched. And what, what we're trying to do is a real long-term culture change here. Um, we would love to have people volunteer to be a part of this. Uh, it's going to take it, it's going to take a little while uh, as we get up to speed. Um, but if if uh, people want to learn more about this, they can go to our website to storycore.org or they can send an email to one small step at storycore.org. Storycore is S T O R Y C O R P S. Dot org and say they want to participate. Right now, we're actually looking for participants in Houston. Um, so in particular, if there are people in Houston who want to be a part of this, we'd love that. And we are, we're going to pair you with um, someone who is on the opposite sides of the political divide. Ooh. You're not going to know who they are, but we're going to ask you for a... Um, we're going to ask you for a, a little bio. We're going to strip your name off it, and you'll get a bio from the other person. So you'll know we've been experimenting with this, how to make this work. And it's important for people to know a little bit of a little bit about the other person. We're going to match you with someone who's got something in common with you. It could be um, that you're both single parents or there's a sports team that you like uh, in common. And you'll sit and you'll talk, and you won't talk about politics. You'll talk about what you care about, um, who you love, who's been kindest to you. And you'll talk about politics in, in a way that, you know, doesn't drive people into their corners. You know, you'll ask questions like, what is it in your life that kind of formed, was there a moment in your life that formed your political views? What is it that's most hurtful that people say across the political divides uh, to you? What, what really bothers you? What is it you respect about people across the political divides? Why are you here? Um, and we're just, we call it one small step because it's just, it's one step. You know, if we, if we if we uh, despise each other, you know we're never going to get anywhere, uh, and we have to we have to see the humanity in each other, or it's a real threat to to our democracy. You know, democracy can't can't breathe without hope, um, and and we need hope, and we need to to respect one another. I mean, I've been thinking a lot about um, in Nazi Germany, the um, the the Nazis used to call Jews and 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 black folks and others untermenschen less than human. And and slavery was built on on you less know people human. being looked at as less than human. And there's a there's a, a very, very deep danger in seeing people as less than human. And that's just the little piece of this that we're trying to attack and set right. Um, we have to we have to see each other as human beings. And all of these so you're not you're definitely not looking for people who are going in there trying to win. Nope. Yeah. Nope. This is this is not about convincing. You know, we we ask you just not to talk about politics, but we do hope that you um, that you, you know, I, I think there's 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 uh, there's just a lot of fear everywhere, you know, and and uh, I there there's a, a, a great uh quote that I saw recently. I've seen versions of this. You know, it's it's impossible to hate up close. You know, Mr. Rogers used to um, mm -hmm. carry a, a line in his wallet uh, from a nun in Philadelphia uh, that said, um, it's impossible not to love someone whose story you've heard. Uh, so so it's just about getting rid of that fear. You know, we live in a, in a country, I think, where there's there's less and less hope and more and more fear. And, you know, we're our, mo our most uh, dangerous and worst selves when we're, we're in fear. So it's really about just seeing the other as a person and, and being with that person just for a little bit of time. Again, they're 40 minute sessions. And then hopefully we'll get we'll get you uh, uh, addicted to StoryCorps and you'll start listening to these stories and, you know, finding out about people, the lives of people who you may have thought were were very different than you. And, you know, recognizing yourself in that person and walking in their footsteps for just a minute. 
uh, and all all of the good and important things that come from that. So I'll tell you, Dave, this this works, and I'll tell you how I know it does. There was a guy who is one of the bigger Hollywood writers, um, wrote for some of the biggest TV shows uh, in in Los Angeles, and you must be in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Here, you hear please. the signs. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, the, uh, but he was one of the bigger writers in uh, in Los Angeles, and he came out uh, to meet with me on a project, and um, I, I wasn't aware that he hated my guts as much as he did. And he he started the conversation like this. His hands were shaking. He said, uh, "I want you to know." I have waited for this moment. I have I have talked to my friends for years what I would say to you if I ever met you. Uh, and I, I want you to know, I hear people tell me all the time, once they meet you, they like you, but you're not going to work that voodoo on me. Um, and so we sat down and I, for 40 minutes, we only had an hour to meet. And for about 40, 45 minutes, I just listened to him. And I said, we can't talk about anything else until you get all of it you got to say all the things you want to say to me and i just listened to him um in the end he walked away and he told the people we were meeting with he said i feel kind of bad now he said he was he was nice uh and we've actually become friends um and we don't agree on anything right but he doesn't he doesn't want to see me dead uh which is it was not where we started and that yeah. is remarkable when you and, 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 and it is it's about listening, you know, and it, it isn't, you know, there are issues that we're, we're never going to agree on. And that's OK. And there's and, you know, there's and there's a place for, you know, shouting and fighting for issues. But there's also a place for kind of whispering in each other's ears. And we need both. We, we need both of those pieces to be a functioning democracy. All right. If, uh, if you want to volunteer, if you want to find out more, just go to storycore.org, story, C-O-R-P-S, storycore.org, uh, and uh, it'll give you all the information that you're looking for. Um, but uh, please participate in this. I think it's important, and it is going to be preserved for future generations. So, Dave, I so respect what you're doing, and, and thank you so much, and we'll talk to you again. I hope so. You Thank, Glenn, thanks for the time. You Take bet. care. God bless. Simply Safe is our sponsor this half hour. Simply Safe is a um, is a uh, is a remarkable system uh, built by a team of people that I know. I think when they started with us, they had I think there were five of them, and. Uh, they had they had started this company and um, and they thought you know we we started this just as something to help our friends and then it just grew and everybody was saying hey can you make one of those for me and so they did and then it grew into Simply Safe and when we started with them they were just brand new now they have over two million people they're watching they're starting to I think they're launching overseas. Um, it is, it, it is the fastest growing security, uh, alarm system company, uh, I think in the world. And I'm, I'm so thrilled to be a partner with them because they're good people that care about quality and they, they really think about the way it affects your life because they use it too. And they know how it affects their life. Yeah. And you know, they've come up with a great technology. They keep it easy. They don't have, you don't have to drill holes all over your house. You, you know, there's uh, no contracts. There's no contracts. You can come in and out whenever you feel like it. It's really great. And, and, and it's so, it's always amazing to me. I mean, I still have relatives that don't have an, an, a, a security system at all. 2018. 
It's like it's too. You have to have something now. Yeah. It's it's time. But you know what? When you're paying forty or fifty bucks a month, a lot of people are like, oh, "It's not worth yeah, it." Yeah, it's not worth this it. Is, but, this is fourteen dollars and yeah. ninety nine cents a month. Fourteen ninety nine. It's, how is that not worth it? Yeah. And right now they're having a, a sale. Just go to simplysafebeck.com. Get twenty five percent off your system. I've not seen them do this before. Twenty five percent off your system. The offer ends Monday, November twenty sixth. So you have to do it now. Get twenty five percent off at simplysafebeck.com. Simplysafebeck.com. Welcome to the program. Uh, Mr. Andrew Heaton is uh, joining us. Uh, I didn't get a chance to listen to uh, Something's Off with Andrew Heaton yesterday. Uh, so, And I always learn something new. What, what, what did I miss yesterday, Andrew? Well, uh, it was uh, yesterday I unveiled a new segment. Yeah, pull your microphone. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. There we are in the, the little yeah. pop thing there. Yeah. Uh, yesterday I unve- unveiled a new segment called uh-huh. Naughty Parts Around the World. <laughs> Naughty Parts. I was going to call it genitals around the world, but I was talked out of that. Uh, okay. So naughty parts around right. the world. You and did make sure to work the word genitals in several times. Though. I did. You yes, did. I, it, it became. Well, so like, you're still fighting against the man. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, th- yes, this is my my yeah. small my small battle <laughs> yes. uh, is to is to do that. Uh, yeah. So this uh, so it's a segment involving uh, scandals, nudity, things like that. Like uh, Canada's opening up a water uh, a uh, adults only nude water park. <laughs> oh, who wants to go, gentlemen? To that? In Canada, in oh shrinkly, cold Canada, <laughs> it just seems like a terror. Like Bermuda, yeah. I could kind of get that. I, I'm yeah. with you because I've, I've. Uh, no, have you seen people at the water oh, park? God, yeah. Well, the water park, I have no problem with. I've been to nude beaches though, and I can tell you the, the kind of people that want to hang out at a nude beach should never be naked, even by themselves at home alone. <laughs> I mean, I'm to the point where I want to shower in my clothes. Yeah, that's. I'm like, you know, <laughs> well, you're a respectable American. That's just you know what <laughs> you right. do. I mean, you know, it's, some people say that's Puritan. But I, I, I'm I, offended by my I, naked. Body. Mm-hmm. I only I only take my clothes off when I leave the country. That's how much yeah. respect I have for the United <laughs> States of America. I, right. I only see myself nude when I go right. to Amsterdam every three years. So uh, what 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 other uh... the, the one I think that you would enjoy the one the one that I got a kick out of thirty was, seconds uh, thirty seconds yeah oh wow okay in the United Kingdom there's an MP pushing to teach orgasms in school uh, which I kind of followed for a minute but the reason is because there's an orgasm gap between men and women and I thought way to bring in Bernie Sanders to sex ed education <laughs> and the way to deal with this is I think to have a higher marginal tax rate on people that have more sex uh, there you go That'll or redistribute it. yes I don't, <laughs> I don't know how that works I don't exactly. know how that works either but we should pursue it uh, Andrew Heaton <laughs> from Something's Off with Andrew Heaton it's a new podcast make sure you subscribe it's Glenn very good back Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck program. I don't know, I don't know if you ever have uh, one of those moments where you kind of question yourself uh, and your existence and all that you do. And uh, I think yesterday was one of those days. Uh, around this time, yesterday, we we had a drawing for people who who had put their name in for a hundred dollars uh, to. Uh, donate to Mercury One, and, and the idea was we were going to you know, draw your name the next day, and you could come and have have dinner with us at the at the Mercury One Gala. Uh, and that didn't really go really well. Um, I'm concerned why you'd want to repeat the process from yesterday. Well, because I have I have the, we we finally have we finally have somebody who wants to 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 join us. Do we have Jody on the phone yet? Can we call Jody, please? Uh, we we you know she wasn't. Uh, uh, you know, she wasn't available yesterday, uh, and so I, I wanted to t- uh, actually talk to her, and um, uh, and I I'm told that she's she's very excited, and I before we make another drawing for somebody who's going to come to the uh, studios in February, uh, 
or somebody that we're, we're hoping will want to come to the studios in February. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought we called uh, Jody. Uh, Sarah, we, 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 we uh, oh, she's on right now. Jody, are you there? Jo- Jody, or <laughs> Jody, are you there? Yes. Hi, Glenn. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very excited to uh, uh, to talk to you. You know, yesterday you 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 won the trip here to uh, to Dallas, Texas. I did. And we uh, and why and and why are you? Uh, <laughs> why am I not coming? You're not. <laughs> no, I was just going to say. Why did you say I did? I did. You're oh, not coming. I'm not coming. Um. And, you know, funny story is that on Wednesday, when you were able to buy the ticket, yeah. all, all day long I had this voice in my head, buy a ticket, you're going to win. Buy a ticket, you're going to win. So at 9 o'clock at night, I finally listened to that voice, and I bought a ticket, and I went to bed thinking, I'm going to win. And I had to leave my house at 11.15 yesterday, mm-hmm. and I went to the grocery store and kept getting all these phone calls saying, Glenn just announced your name on the radio. And, and, and- I was... And so, 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 so you knew you were going to win and you bought the ticket cause you wanted to win, <laughs> but you're not coming. And why no. is it? Uh, please tell me that it's something more important than like a movie. I hope so. Yeah. What is it? Yes. I actually am um, a volunteer at our, one of our food banks or our food pantries here in Corning, New York, where I live. And Saturday is our annual Thanksgiving distribution day where we're giving out Thanksgiving baskets to almost 400 of our clients. And I am one of the pe- people that are leading that, that charge, and it's near and dear to my heart. And although I love you, Glenn. <laughs> oh, no, I think this is, this is the best reason. This is the best reason I've heard. I, I well, the Hawaii be... one was good, too. Hi, hi, Jody. My name's Andrew. I'm delightful if you met me. You'd, we'd really get along. Uh, <laughs> you, you're, you're skipping the ball to do volunteer work. Is that right? Believe it or not, yes. Wow, you are such a better human being than me. <laughs> I, I'm You're very impressed with you as a person. You're much funnier than I am, Andrew. Do what? You're much funnier than I it's am, It's the though. one thing I got going. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and I'm tall. Uh, no, I was thinking, I don't oh, know if you oh, can count that yeah, as a, yeah, yeah. a whole thing. But um, So, Jody, that is fantastic. So, tell me about, tell me about the, the soup kitchen and what you guys do. Well, it's a food pantry. And we've been around since 1973, started uh-huh. in the church of a, a basement of a Catholic church, mm-hmm. and have grown over the years to now we have a, a beautiful facility that affords us to do uh, not only just give food, but we also we give cooking classes and we have a lending library. We do education for the kids in our community, um, getting them to get involved in, in um, community service and learning about hunger um, and helping out others that are not as fortunate as they are. Uh, we work with Head Starts. We work with veterans. So um, we do all that with, wow. we have about 100 volunteers. None of us are paid to do any of this. Um, and we give away probably about uh, 25,000. We have about 25,000 people that come through our doors Holy every cow. year. And we give away about 130 tons of food. And it's all on a, a donation basis, mainly donations and grants that we go out and, and seek. All right. Yeah. So uh, may I just, I, I was... Uh, just uh, given a note from uh, Suzanne, who's with uh, Mercury One, and and uh, I think this is fantastic. Um, you know, we were going to fly you out and everything else. May we may we make a, a donation to uh, your food pantry instead? Oh my gosh, that would be absolutely incredible. We would so honor that. Um, well, we'll we'll make it out uh, in your name. 
for five thousand dollars. How's oh that? Oh my gosh, Glenn, you're kidding! Oh my, I cannot, <laughs> I cannot tell you how thrilled we are on that. You know, for every five dollars donated, we can use that money to leverage twenty eight dollars of food. So I, I cannot tell you how far five thousand dollars would go. That is just, it's amazing. Thank you. Well, maybe that is why we were. That's why the spirit was prompting you because. Uh, this has oh, turned out to be so much better than a, a meaningless night with, with us. <laughs> with us, really. Although, although that would have been so much fun. It would have been so fun. I enjoyed but, it. But. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Jody, I'm, I'm going I'm to try and push back on this a little bit. If you decide to come to the Mercury One Ball, I will give you eight canned goods. Oh, wow. Wow. That's, that's a tough a, wow. one. So either, either way, you get so, food. Hey, hang on just a second. <laughs> Jody, you may retract those eight canned goods here if I ask this question. Are you married? I am. You're taking the canned goods back off the table. Yeah, it was just a scam. (laughs) (laughs) Jody, thank you so much. Hold on, I have one quick thing. Jody, uh, I did some back-of-the-envelope math here, and you said that you can get uh, uh, $28 leverage for every every $5 in or something like that? Yes. Okay, Uh, so so Glenn, uh, the foundation giving you $5,000, you could go out and buy a bunch of food, or I, I did some calculations here. You could buy one pound of black truffle, Two pounds of Wagyu beef and two <laughs> bottles of water from Niagara Falls. Now, how great would that well, be? Oh, my God. Why are you trying to talk her out of I don't. No, no, it's still the same about a buddy. It's just very small and high quality. Uh, Jody, thank you so much. I appreciate thank it. Thank you, Glenn. I so appreciate it. Thank you, you so much. God bless. And uh, thanks to Mercury One for um, making that donation. Okay. Are we going to pick another name? Uh, now, this is for the people. I'm not even going to call. I don't even want to call. Uh, this is for somebody. We'll make one call. Okay. Again, this was this is what ha- yesterday Andrew you brought Andrew in to do this, mm-hmm. and it did not go well. Would I, you like I, to? Would you like to? Is it possible Andrew's the problem? Is what I'm trying. Yeah. To. Would you like to draw? No, I want to see if Andrew <laughs> fails again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go All ahead. Right. Uh, this is Lori Burns, and do you want the the number three one two nine? That's okay. her PIN number, as we've yeah. been discussed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, if you if you can just get her credit card number, uh, you've got the PIN number. You can mm-hmm. you can clean her out. That's what a wonderful <laughs> person we just spoke to. I know. That is and awesome. I, and, it and, does make you feel a little. Yeah. Because I mean, if I if I heard from somebody and they're like, I get a free trip for the weekend, I'd be like, soup kitchen thing. I go. Yeah, we got other people are doing that. That's fine. I'll go the following week or something. I'd, I'd, I'd figure out a way to make it sound good in my own mind. Is what I would right. do. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blow it off in a mean way, but I'd figure yeah. out how to do it. No, you wouldn't. And you would. And you would. You would absolutely. And then, like two weeks later, you'd be like, "That really says a lot about me, doesn't it?" And mm-hmm. you would carry that guilt around for a while, but. Jody didn't have to worry about any of that. I would. I think what I would do is I would come, but on the plane ride, I would think about charity events that I I intend to do in the future. <laughs> <laughs> to make myself feel good. And then I would forget. I would right. not actually get around to it. Right. I'd, I'd get Saturday morning. I'd be like, you know, I'm eh. pretty tired. I'm going to catch yeah. up on the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. That seems like a good use of my time. <laughs> okay. Uh, do we have uh, do we have the, the number going? There's no answer. So you have you're okay. 0 for you're, 4. I am, you're 0 for 4. Wait, no, wait. No, no, no. no, 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 no. They'll you, call. They'll, they'll call. No, you're not reaching into oh, another one. Okay. I said we're no. doing one. All right. We're doing one. Uh, and, and think about it. It's really nice that Mercury One is giving the $5,000. I think they're going to love that truffle. 
and that uh, not, right. Wagyu no, beef. Not, uh, so the, exactly the, the, the two uh, people that get to enjoy <laughs> that Wagyu beef are really going to get a kick no, out of that. No, that's actually not. Uh, that's not what's uh, what's what's happening. Okay, uh, back in just a second. In fact, Michael, could you just come in for just a second? Michael Little, he is the CEO of the Lincoln uh, Museum. Just uh, just kind of crawl in, uh, uh, Andrew. Andrew's very snuggly. He's okay. huggable. Right you can yeah. Uh, yeah. get right in there with him. Um, get right but, in his uh, uh, Michael is the CEO of the or COO of the Lincoln Museum and uh, uh, Lincoln Library. Uh, tell her to hold. Uh, and uh, uh, you have donated, and Bill O'Reilly just bid twenty thousand dollars on this. Fantastic, thank uh, you, Bill. And uh, and. I don't think it's going to stop there because I, I, I just want you to talk me into buying it uh, because it is this is the only copy of the Gettysburg Address that you've ever made or ever will make. And you guys have the copy of the Gettysburg Address. Correct. We're doing this one time um, and we're doing it for you, Glenn, uh, because this is a very special occasion. So we've never done this before and we'll never do it again. So right. this is a really, truly uh it, it's a one-of-a-kind item that's only available this one time. It's one time. And this is a, a high-resolution laser copy or whatever it is Correct. done by the only person that can even touch the Gettysburg Address. Correct. So, How do you get that honor? <laughs> how, do you, how, do you, how do you when you're when you're do, do you do you put a job search out and like looking for someone who can touch the Gettysburg Address? Well, it's somebody that has a lot of skill and she has a lot of uh, uh uh, letters behind her name right. so that she is able to work with just incredible items so from the she Gettys- has no children right i mean i, I was like, <laughs> no jam hands no or like no that. Yeah, no right, right. no okay. and she's just done a great job for us. she's in addition to the gettysburg address she's worked on the 13th amendment she's worked on uh the proclamation um you know she's worked on some just just Amazing. rare rare items what's coming down uh for the museum in february we're doing black history uh and we've we've partnered with you and another what is the name of the other african-american museum it's just african-american museum in dallas um, and so it's going to be quite a, an amazing collection and a, and, a, and a take on the african-american experience that you just don't see everywhere right what's coming down from lincoln you know, actually, right now, I think we're still working with your team to figure out what would be the best pieces to bring down. Okay. So we'll definitely have some incredible pieces Yeah, because um, we do have the largest collection outside the Library of Congress uh, for President Lincoln. We have the largest collection of Mary Todd Lincoln items and documents. Have you seen so. her dress we have? Yes. Isn't that amazing? Oh, it's incredible. We have her, we have her funeral dress. Yes. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm one of the only people allowed to touch it, so I'll have to show it to you myself. <laughs> but, um, but if you actually turn the hem underneath, yeah. you can see how quickly it was cut and stitched. Right. It's crazy. Well, it's crazy. And the thing is that she probably did it herself. Um, she was a great seamstress. She um, pretty much made all of the clothes for her kids. Really? The Lincoln boys were notorious for being wild and uh, not really having a lot of rules. So their clothes were always getting uh, torn and ripped, mm. and she would fix them. Um, and people always commented how great the little boys looked, even though they were kind of wild mm. and liked to get into things. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, by the way, it, we're so you know we're taking the money raised for the Gettysburg Address and we're turning it back over uh, to you guys. I think you're getting every dollar of well, that. Thank you very much. Because we really, um, the, the, this stuff needs to be kept together, uh, and they're having a hard time. They have the hat and bloodstained gloves 
that Lincoln was wearing um, at the night he was killed. And uh, it, it, it this fir- first time that they've been in in public hands, they sat in somebody's house or somebody's you know office in their own private collection and unseen for so long. And they must remain in public view, in my opinion. Uh, and they've got a lot of money to raise. And we would love to help them if you would like to help five for Lincoln five for Lincoln. Uh, dot com just give five dollars do five dollars a month and help pay for uh this hat so it can be seen in public uh for uh for generations to come we have Lori burns real quick Lori just won to come to our museum in february Lori. yes good morning glenn how are you can you make it oh absolutely ah. we are honored and ah, that's a miracle that's great where are you from Lori? <laughs> Uh, from McAllen, Texas. So, oh, you're from Texas. Okay, all Perfect. right, good, great, Lori. Thank you so much. Hang on the phone. We're going to get some information, and we can't wait to meet you. More thank truffle you. for us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. For everything that they do, we really appreciate it. You got it. Five four Lincoln dot com. All right, our sponsor this half hour. Uh, is a filter by here's the thing with filter by a uh, filter by I, I don't know about you but I've, I've never changed the air filters I, I I don't I honestly thought about this the other day and I thought I don't remember the if I ever have changed an air filter I think I buy a house the air filter is there and when I sell the house it's just got to be black uh, that's and, what you do when you move in you change the air filter once and it lasts the lifetime of the home. no i just assumed that somebody else had changed <laughs> oh, okay. it when i bought it it's like new you know it's like mm-hmm. a it's got to be new even though it's an old house that's got to be part of the inspection or something somebody right? else yeah. did it okay. right mm-hmm. uh so if you are a little like me uh it's pretty irresponsible the air in your uh house is really bad and it hurts your hvac system I don't have to worry about it anymore because I have filterby.com. Now, what filterby.com is, is it, it sends the right filter to your house. And so when it shows up, you're just like, oh, time to change the air filter already. And you go upstairs or wherever it is, and you pop the new air filter in, throw the other one away, and you're done. You'll also save 5% if you do it this way with filterby.com. That's filterby.com. Do it. It's so easy. Save 5%. Do it and forget about it. Filterbuy.com. So what does Mary had a little lamb and Thanksgiving have in common? Maybe you know? You know the poem, Mary had a little lamb, fleece as white as snow. You know who wrote that? Eminem? <laughs> no. No. Uh, her name is uh, Sarah Hale, and she wrote, and she's the one that we have we have to thank for Thanksgiving, because she wrote president after president after president. George Washington did the first one, and said so we should have this as a national holiday. And uh, in 1861, we were in the middle of the Civil War, or the beginning of the Civil War, and and uh, Lincoln said, you know what, we should have a a day of Thanksgiving, uh, and uh, it, it was it was her work that set the foundation to be able to have Thanksgiving as an official holiday, except up until FDR, it was all set by the governors. We have Thanksgiving, you know, it was up to the governor and it would float from state to state, but it would always be in this general area, but it would float. It wasn't until FDR and the great depression, he locked it in to this next coming uh, weekend because he was trying to get people 
to go out and have an extra week of shopping before Christmas to help the business owners. He's the guy who created Black Friday. Glenn Beck. Mercury. 